uh, a grateful recovering Al-Anon. Thank you, Beth, for asking me to speak tonight. Um, unfortunately, she asked me about five weeks ago, and I kind of wish she would have asked me yesterday so I wouldn't have had all this time. Uh, when I left Cheyenne about noon today, uh, my son hugged me, my daughter kissed me, and and said, good luck on your talk, Mom. And, and my husband said, I know you're going to stand up there and say I'm a son of a bitch. <laughs> but that's not why I'm here. Um, I'm here because I love alcoholics, um, both in recovery and, and not. Um, I think alcoholics are special people. They have special talents and, and a attraction or a magnetism to me for some reason or another. And that's why I'm here. <clears throat> There was a lot of heavy drinking that went on when I was a child. Um, I remember very long cocktail hours, um, being hungry. <laughs> uh, everything my mom cooked had sherry in it. Uh, it took me a long time to figure out that it didn't have sherry in it. Uh, I grew up playing at other people's houses because I was trying to kind of hide what was going on in mine. Um, probably the beginning of denial, um, but I played at other people's houses. And if I went somewhere, I went on my bike. My mother really didn't drive me places, so I was uh, very independent and, and responsible. And I think as a child, those are the things that grew in me, were a sense of, of wanting to be perfect um, and taking more than my share of responsibility for things. <clears throat> I remember one of the worst fights my mother and I ever had was when I went to the dentist. I, I used to ride my bike if I went for an appointment just for a cleaning, but it, the dentist was going to hurt me. He was going to drill my tooth, and I wanted my mom to drive me to the dentist and wait in the waiting room like all the other moms did. And we had a huge fight. Um, today I know that she was drunk, and she loved me not, enough not to drive me drunk. Um, but back then, I just wanted her to be like the other moms, and I, and I didn't understand that. Her disease progressed and progressed to the point where she was sick in bed. Um, and I remember just thinking my mom was sick. Uh, she was never falling down drunk, but, but my mom was sick. Uh, there's an Al-Anon pamphlet called How Can I Help My Children, uh, one of my favorites which really explains how children intuitively understand that the alcoholic is sick. It's the non-drinking spouse that they don't understand their insanity. So that has kept me coming back to meetings for, for quite a while. <clears throat> when I hit my teens, uh, my mom got out of bed and went to AA. Uh, things didn't really change a lot, but she was gone a couple nights a week. No one sat down the family and said, this is a family illness. I, I guess in 73 or 4, maybe that wasn't done. Um, my dad kept drinking his gin right in front of her, and, and uh, she went to meetings. And I basically was gone as much as possible. I started dating, uh, and I dated guys who liked to have fun. If a guy was boring, I went out once, and that was it. Uh, and also got me out of the house a lot. When I went away to college, I, I moved from Virginia to Fort Collins, Colorado, as far away as I could possibly get. Um, and the summer, either after my freshman or sophomore year, the, the movie Urban Cowboy came out with John Travolta. My roommate and I went to see it, and we thought we'd come up to Cheyenne and find a cowboy, because that looked like a lot of fun. 
And the guy I met was introduced to me as Grizz. And I said, is that your first name or your last name? And he, that was his nickname because he had broken down in the mountains, pitched his tent, and lived an entire winter in the mountains, eating squirrels, um, staying up all night, pounding on the tent. And I thought this guy was exciting. I mean, that's something. Today, I think I would think this guy's insane and try to get away. Uh, But that was pretty darn exciting. Um, About a year or so after we were dating, uh, he wound up in the hospital. Something was wrong with his liver. Uh, And the doctor said, you quit drinking or you die. So I had a roommate who was a social work major, and she said, we ought to go to Al-Anon. And I was 19 or 20, went to Al-Anon, it was a bunch of old ladies sitting in a room talking about I don't know what. Um, they told me to go to six meetings, uh, and I, I'm a direction follower, so I went to six meetings. Um, I bought an ODAP book. I did hear an AA speaker, who, a guest speaker, who said that he thought all Al-Anon should read the big book. And I did read the big book and, and got a lot out of that. Um, but I sure didn't see that they were helping me help him not drink. I didn't get it. I thought um, that that's where you went to help somebody not drink. But a seed was planted, so it, it sure served a purpose. I graduated and married this guy. <laughs> um, and that's when I really started to get sick. Uh, the How Al-Anon Works book talks about the effects of living with alcoholism anxiety. Um, My worst fear was that I was going to have to live in my mom's basement with my two small children. Now today that doesn't sound like a huge thing, but it it was an overwhelming fear I had. Um, And and I guess that would be admitting failure, you know, that I I heard a a speaker share that she had a didn't want to have a bad picker, you know, and I guess that's where I was at. I didn't didn't want to admit failure. Guilt is another one. Uh, I was so, I felt so responsible for my husband that if he would go fishing and come home with a sunburn, I thought it was my fault. Um, And that's pretty darn sick. Uh, Obsession, I had to know where he was all the time. Drove around, looked for his truck at bars, called bartenders. You know, I never knew that bartenders lied. (laughs) So... (laughs) They don't want to get rid of their best customers. <laughs> but very obsessed. Um, I started, I had a calendar. I used to write down when he passed out on the couch and, and when he slept in bed because I thought that I could take this calendar when we got divorced and were in court that the judge would somehow or another look at this calendar and vote in my favor, you know, that that was this. Uh, and, and today I know that's insanity, so... Denial is another one. Um, I didn't share what was going on in my house uh, to anyone. Uh, I I think I tried to open up to a friend once, and and, uh, friends are real quick to say, leave them. Uh, Al-Anon's the only place where I ever went where you guys said, it's okay to love him. It's okay. Uh, And anger is is the last. Um, I've thrown shoes. screamed. I drank a lot with my husband, so there were two drunks screaming at each other, which was always a lot of fun. Uh, But my bottom started, 
My bottom was a few little stepping stones. Fourth um, of July of 1987, we went up to Granite with a camper and a whole bunch of his high school friends, and he proceeded to get very, very drunk and, and started throwing punches. Um, and as soon as the fight started, I couldn't believe it. I, I got my baby and my little boy in the camper, and I drove back to Cheyenne. And he called me from the ranger station at 5 in the morning. He'd gone swimming with his cowboy boots on. You know, If he ever joins the, the fellowship, he's going to have one heck of a story. So, uh, But I, he called me at 5 in the morning, and being the good wife who didn't know any better, I drove down and picked him up. And he had this huge black eye. Um, Puffy, I, I had never seen a black eye. I've seen them on the movies, um, but I had never seen one. And something jolted in me, and I thought, this can't be my life. This this isn't what, what it was supposed to be. Things got real, real bad. Um, I got to the point where I spent a lot of my time on the bathroom floor crying. Um, we lived in a mobile home, so the wash, or the... The washer and the dryer were in the bathroom, and I would lean up against the, the washer and just cry and think my life couldn't get any worse. And I even got to the point where I would choke myself. And I laugh today because I don't think you can choke yourself. I think you would pass out and your hand would fall off. Or you know, I don't think you can choke yourself. But I just thought uh, it wasn't worth being around. I, I don't think I seriously wanted to die, but, but that's how sick I was. Uh, and all this time, my, my mother's in the fellowship of AA, and I'm calling her, you know, Wyoming to Virginia, so it's not like she can run over and make me chicken soup or anything. And finally, one day, she said, you should try Al-Anon. And she said it with such um, an ultimatum that kind of she wasn't going to listen to my complaining anymore until I tried Al-Anon. And it took me a while, but uh, November of that year, I, I went into my first meeting. I cried about the garbage. Uh, my husband used to get really mad if I made spaghetti sauce or chili. I would make a lot to freeze it, and I would the garbage would be full of cans. Uh, it never dawned on me that I could take the garbage out. Uh, never dawned on me. That was his job. And there would always be a fight about the garbage, and I felt guilty that I made garbage. Um, and I remember crying about the garbage. Got a lot of hugs um, from the people. Uh, was told to get the focus on myself and to keep coming back. And I could tell I wanted what these people had. They had a gleam in their eye. They laughed. They hugged me. And, uh, and I kept coming back. Now, I've got a 10-month-old baby girl in my arms and a two-and-a-half, well, three-year-old little boy at my feet. Um, and I brought Cheerios and games and coloring. I mean, they came to my meetings because I couldn't afford a sitter. Um, but nobody ever said they weren't welcome, and I, and I really appreciate that. Um, immediately, I felt better because I felt I wasn't alone, and I had thought I was alone, the only one that felt these feelings and, and had this insanity. Um, so I, I worked the first three steps um, for about eight months, over and over. Uh, I used the index in the ODAT book a lot. Um, one Sunday morning, I had just done my daily reading, uh, came out of my bedroom in the hall, and my husband tried to fight. I, I don't know what he said, and I looked him straight in the eye, and I said, if you're looking for a fight, you're looking at the wrong person today, because I'm going to have a really good day. 
And I thought he was going to fall over. He just... um, But he did start liking me more because I was more likable. I was less obsessed with everything he was doing. Uh, I was starting to like myself again. So things were getting better. Um, I read in the How Al-Anon Works book just recently at our step meeting, um, the first three steps, the principles are honesty, hope, and faith. I think that's, uh, I don't know that my level of honesty probably increases (laughs) the more I'm in this program, but, but that really spoke to me. I was also asked to be the treasurer uh, early on for the Monday noon meeting, and I said yes because I didn't want to say no and have these people not want me at their meeting, so I said yes. I don't know why they trusted me with their money all of a sudden. Probably because I had two little kids, I wasn't going to get very far. Um, but that was a real plus in my recovery because it I felt so responsible for that collecting that money every week that I went even some weeks when I didn't want to go. It kept me coming back. Finally, I found somebody uh, who had what I wanted. Well, there were lots of people who had what I wanted, but this girl really spoke to me, and I asked her to sponsor me. Uh, What a humbling process to ask for help, uh, because I for so long thought I could do it myself. She said yes, um, got me through the steps. I used to call her when I did things right, uh, I remember calling her one night at 6.30, dinner's at 6, 6.30, and I had put dinner away. I called her up, I said, I put dinner away. And she said, Julie, you're the only one who ever calls me when you do things right. <laughs> but it didn't feel right, and it took me, to this day I have to go to meetings and say, I did this, and get positive feedback, because um, it doesn't always feel right. Uh, I still want to be the mothering you know, person. Um, I had a lot of friends who cared all of a sudden, and that felt good. I used to read about compassion in the ODAT book, and I thought I have less anger, uh, but I could never truly muster up compassion until a couple years ago my husband came stumbling in at 2 or 3 in the morning. And the bathroom off of my bedroom is directly above the basement bathroom uh, and and he was throwing up and it was echoing up through the pipes and it was a spiritual awakening for me I know that that person doesn't want to do that um, and it was the first time I truly felt compassion and, and I've been able to hang on to that uh, and that's a real gift from God because I could never never really felt that way before then uh, changes in my life have just been wonderful. Uh, my kids have basically grown up with me working the program, so I know that they're not always in the best best home, uh, but I'm doing the best I can, and a lot of it is worn off. Uh, when we make family plans, my son will say, uh, or if my husband makes plans to do whatever, my son will look at me and says, well, what are we going to do if that doesn't happen, Mom? And that's a, that's a real survival tool to have plan B because plan A doesn't always uh, happen. And, and doesn't say it with any kind of anger. Another thing that I notice my children, um, if someone is angry or mad, 
they don't take it on, and I used to always take it on and feel responsible for other people's feelings. Uh, my son will say, geez, so-and-so's got a really bad attitude today. And, and if I can just you know, keep that healthful way of thinking instilled in them, I'm going to keep coming back because that's a lot of the reason I'm here is, is to try to break this chain of, of uh, alcoholism. Their chances of not genetically having it are pretty darn slim. So, uh, Margaret just sat down in front. Years and years and years ago, Margaret told me, I, I came to a Friday night meeting. I used to go to Friday night and Monday morning because my weekends were not very good, and if I sandwiched them in, I could, I could get through. And I remember being worried about something about Thanksgiving. And she looked at me and she said, it's just another day. And I thought, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> she might say that, but does she really feel that? You know, I just didn't quite get what she meant. And this past Thanksgiving, it was a day that I cooked a turkey, and it was a day that I went to a new movie with my kids. And those were my only expectations of that day. And it was wonderful. It was truly wonderful. And I was able to keep that acceptance and, and uh, serenity with me through Christmas, and it was, it was a real gift. Um, I love the story in the big book, Dr. Alcoholic Addict, where he talks about his uh, level, his serenity is directly proportional to his acceptance and inversely proportional to his expectations. And that is so true for me. Um, and acceptance and expectations are the hardest thing for me to work on and do right. But when I do, it's, it's definitely worth it. I just wish I could hang on to those periods longer. About a month ago, we were planning a trip to Fort Collins. Uh, my husband had to buy some Jeep parts, and we were going to go out to lunch. The night before, my son's 14 now. He said, well, we're either going to have a really good time or duck and cover. And that's, that's what living with, with uh, an active alcoholic's like. Even, even when my husband has had some, some sober a year at, at a time uh, without a program. But, but it was wonderful because I was able to understand how he felt but say, today, I don't have to duck and cover. I can have a good time no matter what's going on in that other person's head whatever anger or, or anything else they're feeling. And it's all because of, of the fellowship of Al-Anon and the people I've, I've met. Thank you. I don't know if I made it long enough, Beth, but thanks. Thanks.